where we just left off was the adventurers in Phandalin defeated um, the black spider deep in the mines, saving Gundren Rockseeker, and then kept it quiet and also stopped an espionage plot from taking over. Um, back in the town of Fandolin as well. It was fall then, and winter was coming up quickly. Sildar, a fan of, this, of the little town of Fandolin, leaves for Neverwinter to try and seek aid from the Lord's Alliance, while Aaron continues with the town's master and the, the two red brands that are left to bring order to the town of Phandalin. The temperature grows cold, and the first snow falls. Sildar sends back word that he has not had any luck, but will keep trying with the noblemen up in Neverwinter. How are things in Phandalin? Aaron sends a message back, letting him know all that's transpired there. Gundren, on the other hand, is keeping quiet about the what they truly found about the Forge of Spells and the drow that they fought and defeated. He says that his brothers were killed by monsters, but the guardians of Phandalin have cleared out all the monsters. Noting Timna and Onan and Aaron. However, other miners are still leery and not quite trusting Gundren. It looks like it's going to be another tight winter for Phandalin. With a shortage of supplies and monies, the, uh, the town has actually not thrived under the um, repressive hand of Glassstaff and the Red Brants over the past year. And the townsfolk still do not trust Aaron as either, as he's working with two red brants and the um, less than reputable townmaster. So they wonder if Aaron is just another glass staff. But time is passing, and he's sure that they will warm up to him. Aaron sends a message back to Sildar, asking for leaders as well as for muscle and brawn. A couple weeks go by um, and Barthen's last winter shipment arrives. The town uses what little bit of savings they left, they have left to buy whatever meager supplies he's ordered. However, there's actually more people and more need and there is coin to go around, or even supplies. Barthen sells out of most of his supplies, but isn't able to be charitable, and many of the people are still left and want, and know that they won't be able to get through the winter easily, and will probably have to eat into some of their important livestock. But shortly after Barthen's supplies arrived, the very next day, a man in his mid-40s arrived, named Phineas Benevolent, 
he is of uh, he is well dressed, well supplied. He is happy and jovial, and shares freely with the people, as he has a shipment that rivals Arthen's shipment. He gives to people freely without asking. In response for simple knowledge, asking about Phandalin, asking about what is happening in the mines. And it piques people's interest that maybe there's more to this. Maybe Gundren did find something down there. That this man would come around, obviously wealthy, sent from Neverwinter. Phineas uh, is very good at shifting the conversation when they ask about him. Well, he says that he is with Sildar, and he was, um, he came because he, he heard of what Sildar had been doing, which is interesting because Sildar sent no word of this Phineas Benevolent coming down. Phineas goes around and talks to most of the people in the town, and then just leaves and heads back. The snow gets thicker, the air gets colder, blowing down through the mountains. And all of the farmers turn into miners. They cannot do much, more growing. Their wives and children continue to take care of the animals as they head into the mines for days at a time. Many of them returning to their own secret spots, but a few follow Gundren. Gundren's first job is not actually mining, but him and Onan cleaning out the stringes, burning out the hordes that were there, um, and killing them all, smoking them out, and then slaying them with bows and arrows and swords and rocks and nets as they can, clearing out that as the first danger in order to get deeper. That takes a few weeks. They do it slowly and methodically. Another month goes by. Winter gets harsher. Supplies run low. And the men stop helping Gundren because they need to find something to do. Many of them are tempted to head up to Neverwinter to see if they can find help there. And then, I can't tell you much about this part as of now, but some cattle, just to make things worse, goes missing. And there's threats of for the town on the outside of the uh, outside of the city. It seems that some monsters have been pushed out of the mountains by this winter cold, and we're looking for food. The people are scared and ask for help, and Aaron and the guardians of Phandalin go to put up a vigil and watch for these monsters. They take shifts, which is difficult, because the winter's already so hard that they don't have much supplies or time to afford to just watching the woods for monsters that may or may not be there, but they can't risk letting the cattle go any further. 
or letting any more cattle be consumed. But the guardians of Phandalin make the sacrifice. And they are able to ford off these monsters, which will be a tale for another day. But another week after that, it turns out that Phineas returns, just when things seem at their bleakest. And this time, he not only returns with supplies, but with bags of money. He offers to buy the properties of each person in Phandalin, telling them that he doesn't necessarily want to take the property from them. He, he just wishes to have a share of its future profits, or his, his noble benefactor wishes to have a share of its future profits. And he would like to hire the current owner of each establishment to continue to work for the amount of profit that they've currently been getting. So, in other words, life will continue as normal, but any new growth that each of these businesses experiences will come to his noblemen up in Neverwinter. In the meantime, they are, they are happy to enjoy the, the, the people. So, for instance, Barthen's Provisions makes a thousand gold a year. Well... He says, Barthen, if, if you sell me Barthen's provisions, I will, you can continue to make a thousand gold a year as payment, as a worker. Any new profit on top of that will then be sent to Neverwinter, to the Smithy family. And on top of that, we will buy the business for one year's worth of profit, 1,000 gold. So he offers Barthen 1,000 gold, as well as telling him that he can continue to run his business the way that he sees fit. But it is now owned by the Smithy family, who will be benevolent benefactors of the town of Fandolin and only wish to see its success. Everyone is uplifted by this. Barthen ends up selling his his house. The Stonehill Inn is also sold. The widows, the widower who was had the woodworking shop, sells quickly and easily. And I'm not sure if the Lion Shield Coster and the Miners Exchange are sold. Because those were, um, I believe, being run by Onan and Timna. But the Sleeping Giant, although she was tempted to sell, I don't believe that the dwarf there sold it because Timna was so excited to start up a new business venture with her. So with that, the town is able to give new life and new optimism. And as spring rolls around, 
It's curious. Visitors start hearing rumor, or start visiting Phandalin, looking for shops, and there's some more life there. Not just optimism among the people, but optimism amongst people who are also coming. It appears that Sildar, um, although he was not successful in finding any other benefactor other than the Smithy family, but he was able to spread enough rumors that people were interested in Phandalin. So they come looking for... Let's see. And now, spring arrives. And with spring, and these new visitors, also arise a crew of about 12 young workers and fighters, and then three crew leaders, so 15 men in all, quickly fill up the inn and the houses surrounding it. And it doesn't take long for this rough crew sent by the Smithy family to ruffle the feathers with their pride of being from Neverwinter and their strength, and a bar fight breaks out in the Stonehill Inn. But, luckily, Aaron and Miles and Onan show up and break up the bar fight, and that is their first um, notice of each other. Um, the families, which are actually the crew leaders, the three of them, have actually brought their families into town. And the crews get to work on building farmhouses outside of town for the crew leaders to permanently stay. And they begin expanding the properties of the, of the Stone Hill Inn. And the crew leaders begin also surveying the old mansion ruins up on the hill. Now these, low, now these workers are lowlifes and ruffians, hired cheap, but Miles is in charge of keeping them in line, and he does so with Aaron's help. Myrna Dennar is the widow, the wood, the woodmaker, the woodworker's widow, whose husband was killed by the Redbrands. She and she too sold her property to the Smithies. Some of the workers stay in her house, and they are not very respectable to her. She goes to Aaron and asks for help, and Aaron is more than happy to oblige and offers her protection and is able to deal with the workers and get them out of the, her house. Slowly by slowly, Aaron wins over the, the people of the town as a leader, seen working beside with Miles. 
knowing that they are truly the ones in charge of this town now. After the crews make their simple barns and homes and expand the places, they begin building the mansion and restoring it. They build it up into a strong, impressive stone structure. It takes all year. Meanwhile, Timna is continuing to work with the dwarf over at the Sleeping Giant to develop new ways of uh, making hops and growing barley and brews and meads and uh, is tempted now to she's even made a few trips up to Neverwinter to find new supplies and recipes um, and to see what the market is like up there to see if she can offer some sort of exotic fandolin brew to the people of Neverwinter but it seems that there's a lot of competition and she'll need something special So the years go the year goes on and things continue to do well. More people visit, more people move there and set up more businesses and shops. And this this mining town becomes quite the boom town. But it all seems to be built around nothing. Cuz the mines aren't turning out anything more than they what they usually do, a few miners here or there strike it rich more miners come looking but the town seems to just be growing on sure rumors miles thinks that probably his father is more successful than he lets himself believe and that his father was able to spread rumors of the success of this town without actually saying anything, while Sildar was probably doing the same thing, only not realizing that he was being successful as well. So with that, Fandolin grew, and grew, and grew. And each person that came made the town stronger and stronger. And with the smithies pouring their money into the town, the town was able to grow and be substantiated for now. They had almost finished the keep when winter hit and they needed to break. So the men left and then they returned the next spring and they finished the mansion and put a keep on the side of it, a tall five-story tower that faced the city. And it was that tower that in a gate, a courtyard around the tower that Miles and Aaron said, this is for you. This is for your protection. As this city prospers, it prospers because of you. And it's the Smithy family that now gives you this keep. And the people cheer and are appreciative, and there is a party and a feast that spring. However, the tower isn't quite finished. 
but it was it was just in time for the spring festival so they have a celebration right there outside and inside the tower which is attached to the large stone fortified mansion up on top of the hill During the party, Timna tells Onan and Aaron and Miles her plans that she would like to leave in two days to go see family that are also brewers down in Greenest. But the trip alone will take many weeks. And she asks that they would look at, ask them first if they would want to come with her. And then if they don't, if they would be willing to watch over her aunt or her grandmother and her cousin. Well, I'm not sure what they say because that's where we'll pick it up. The next day after the party, they thought about it, and they decide to all meet in the Stonehill Inn to talk over Timna's plans of leaving and whether or not a halfling should make that whole journey all by herself. While they're in the Stonehill Inn, sitting around, drinking and remembering and being jovial, they're used to getting glances from the people. They know, the people know, that they are the guardians of Phandalin. In the door bus a frantic half-elf cleric, the one who's been there from the beginning. She says that she has an urgent message. Well, she comes over to them quietly so as not to tell anyone around them that she has an urgent message for the guardians of Phandalin. It is Sister Garalia, the cleric, and she says, Rydoth the druid from up in Thundertree has sent word that there is a great danger up there. He says, there is a dragon that has taken that has taken up hold in Thundertree and other conspiracies. He hasn't said much else because he can only send a short message by his uh, carrier hawk. But it seems as though he's telling us this because it is a threat to Phandalin itself, I could only assume. Will you go up and investigate? And that's when the conversation begins. Amongst the guardians taking a different turn. Should they be going to Everett, uh, to Greenest now? Or should they be going north to Thundertree? Or should they just be staying in Phandalin and waiting? And it's in this tavern that we leave our 
adventurers to have their conversation and make their decisions.